Good morning. Welcome to the Long Live Alternative Parties podcast. Free Press Media Press Inc. and Alternative Parties Books Publisher sponsors this podcast. I'm Andrew Bouchard. Welcome to the Long Live Alternative Parties podcast. Today, friends, we have another exciting guest on this podcast like we always do. We're talking with Beth Ritter Goose of the Carbon County Libertarian Party. So welcome to the podcast, Beth. Thank you so much for having me, Andrew. I appreciate the opportunity. We are glad to have you, and we look forward to what you're going to talk to us about. So let's get started by you kindly giving us an introduction to yourself, a brief biographical sketch. All right. Well, my name is Beth Ritter-Guth, and I'm the vice president of the Carbon County Libertarian Party. I'm an elected uh, uh, election day constable um, as a libertarian in Carbon County, and I, I think I am the only elected libertarian in Carbon County. Not quite sure about that, but I think I am. Um, it's, a, it's a smaller county in eastern Pennsylvania. Um, I was an English professor for a very long time. Now I'm an oh. associate dean, and I specialize in uh, uh, AI and virtual reality and uh, things like that. So um, I do a lot of a lot of different things. Um, I, I got into the Libertarian Party uh, because I was an intern for Congress and Senate for the Republican Party. I was a Republican for a very long time. Oh. And I became, I became a libertarian about 15 years ago. Okay. Okay, that's a lot yeah. of good stuff t- for us to talk about. <laughs> good basis. So kindly tell us, since you were a professor, how did that inform your politics? Well, I originally went to college to be a political speechwriter. Oh. I wanted to be uh, Peggy Noonan, who was the first female speechwriter for Ronald Reagan. I had read her book when I was, um, I think, in, in like high school, and I really, really wanted to be a political speechwriter. So I went to college, and I majored in English, and I um, double majored in communication and minored in philosophy, and um, and then for a brief period also minored in theater because I wanted oh. not to be an actress but to learn how to help. You know, as a speechwriter, you coach, you know, sp- public speakers like presidents and things like that. So um I did that very briefly, and then I interned. My mother was very active in the Republican Party locally in um, uh, Lehigh County in, in Pennsylvania, and so her um, her friend uh, uh, Frasso, who was very active in the party, um, helped me get um, internships with our uh, Republican congressman at the time, who our last name is the same Ritter because it's a very common name here, uh, but oh. no relation. And then um, and then I interned with um, Arlen Specter. And, uh, and it, it was it was amazing. It was amazing opportunities. And then I lived briefly in Washington um, while I was working for the Close Up Foundation. While I was waiting to go, I had been accepted to grad school or law school and law school. And um, and after that, inter- the internships and, and living in Washington, I absolutely decided that I hated politics and that I didn't want any part of it. And so I decided to go to grad school to be an English professor. Interesting. So, <laughs> that's that's the story. <laughs> so kindly tell us about Carbon County. That's a county I didn't hear about before until I found you. So kindly tell us the demographics of the county. Carbon County is amazing. So I'm, I was born and raised in Pennsylvania, but I was raised in uh, Bethlehem Lehigh County. All right. A very small section of Bethlehem. My father was a steel worker. Um, I come from a you know line of steel workers, and. Uh, 
steelworker community. And so we had moved around a little bit. And when we decided to move back to Pennsylvania, when I accepted my current position, um, I wanted to live in a hometown. And Bethlehem, where I'm from, is very big now. It's a great town, but it's it's very big. And I really wanted to live in a hometown. And so we, we came to Palmerton, and um, which is where I live now. And Carbon County is amazing. It's, it's hardworking people who are, you know, they really are the salt of the earth people. Um, there was, wow. um, if you're familiar with uh, the geography, I live right on the Appalachian Trail, which is one of the reasons I moved here. And um, there used to be zinc mining here, so with New Jersey zinc. So for a long time, the mountain was bare, but um, they did um, some really amazing work to uh, bring back uh, bring back parts of the mountain through private um, private funding. They relied on no government funding to do that. Um, and the Superfund project, and it's just a hardworking people, like salt of the earth, just good people, and, um, you know, but definitely um, a lot of mining communities, a lot of mining families that have mining in their family, um, and we're at the base of the Pocono Mountains. So uh, we're at the edge of the Lehigh Valley and then at the base of the Pocono Mountains. So Okay. Definitely. So how big is Carbon County? Um, you know, I, I don't know offhand how many current people we have. It's it's one it's it's a pretty big county, but it covers a lot of like farmland. So oh. I'm gonna actually look it up so that I, I'm not talking out of my rear end. Mm-hmm. Um, so Carbon County, according uh, let's see, let's see. Um, I'm not I'm not quite sure what the population is. I want to say maybe about sixty five thousand live in for the whole county. Yeah, in the whole county. We have a lot of farmlands. We have a lot of farms here. Um, our, our the county seat's in Jim Thorpe, and that used to be called Mock Trunk. Huh. Jim Thorpe was an Olympian. We have an amazing railway, a scenic railway there, and, and lots of really cool shops in Jim Thorpe. Palmerton, where I live, has a lot of great shops. Um, you know, the trail kind of meanders through all these little towns and ends up in Delaware Water Gap in Monroe County. Okay. And I think so, I, I want to say 1845 is when it became a county, something like that. 1845. Yeah, something like that. 1840s, <laughs> somewhere along the lines in there. Huh. It became a county. So it became it's, a county. Little, it's older for Pennsylvania then, because Pennsylvania was one of the original colonies. Yep. 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 So, it, so if it's rural, I take it it's there's a lot of white people in the area. Well, we we don't have as much diversity as, let's say, like Philadelphia. Absolutely. Okay. We don't have as much diversity as uh, Lehigh County or Northampton County, which are our two biggest counties near us, and the Lehigh Valley in general. Um, I think we're we're seeing a little bit more diversity moving up into Carbon County. Uh, when we first moved in, uh, my husband's best friend is um, is Puerto Rican, and so okay. when we had moved in, the person next door to us, who was Cuban. Uh, started speaking Spanish to our friends, and uh, he got so uh, he got so excited because our friend answered back in Spanish. So there aren't a lot of Spanish speakers up here, um, but I think that's changing. I think um, one of the, one of the things is we don't have a lot of public transportation here. We do have one bus oh, that know. goes down into Allentown, so we don't have taxi service. There's no trains up here. You know, if they're you know they you really have to have kind of a car if you're going to work anywhere outside of the town. Um, you know, so so there's not the same kind of resources that exist in a town like Allentown or Bethlehem or Philadelphia. Sure. 
So since you are Vice President of the Libertarian Party of Area, kindly tell us what roles and responsibilities that involves. Well, it, it's actually a very new group because um, it was started by um, a young man, a very, uh, you know, a, a very young man named Matt. Um, he had started it at the last presidential election just so that people knew that there was, um, you know, a third-party option. You know, Pennsylvania has a lot of different third parties. We have the Green Party. That's probably, um, it's, uh, you know, Republican is the pr- predominant party in Com- Carbon County, uh, Democrat Party, followed by Libertarians, and then the Green Party, and there's some other parties, too. Um, so I think um, his, his vision was just to let people know that there were, there were other choices, um, you know, when it came to the presidential debate, you know, our, our candidate, Joe Jorgensen, um, you know, if, if people weren't happy with Trump or Biden, they could pick uh, Joe. Um, so, you know, I think um, that was the vision. We we do actually have, I think, in, Car- in, in Palmerton, we have seven libertarians, which I'm one of them. So uh, there are six others out there. Um, oh, that's so good. It's, it, uh, it hasn't taken great hold, but I think a lot of our Republicans are very libertarian thinking. Um, but okay. as you know, as a third party, you don't get to vote in a primary, and up here, primaries are very important um, because people want to have a say in who's going to run on that November ballot. So um, I think a lot of people would would vote for – they voted for me. I, I'm just an elected constable, so I don't do – in Pennsylvania, constables can do a lot of different things, but I only work on election day. Um, and I got elected in my town, but I also got elected in the two surrounding towns as a write-in even though I I can't serve those populations because they don't live there. Um, You know, so I think people aren't opposed to libertarianism, um, but they really prefer to stay in their own party, which is, you know, the Republican Party. So it sounds like the role is in development. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. And, and, you know, the the, the thing is up here in Carbon County, which is different than Lehigh and Northampton counties, a lot of the Republicans do really align with libertarian beliefs. We're a, a big, you know, we're big supporters of free speech, big supporters of um, firearms rights. So because it's more of a conservative area anyway, like a lot of those things are sort of in common with what people believe. So, um, you know, you know, and and I would say, you know, they're very hardworking. You know, they really want their tax money to stay in their own pockets. You know, so. Um, you know, they, they are very libertarian in belief anyway. Even even our, I would say, our lead, our Republican leadership in the area, um, Bill Halfley, very, very libertarian-minded in his Republican, you know, belief system. So um, I think people don't see a need to come over to the Libertarian Party because they, they operate under those ideals. I see. So they're happy with the ideology wherever it's at, whether it's in the Republican Party or in the Libertarian Party. Right. And I think, you know, I think for them, they, they really, the people here really vote for good people. They want good people, people who have morals, people who are decent. Um, and that doesn't mean like hyper-religious or anything like that. They just want people who are going to be honest. They prefer people who have a working class background, um, you know, and, and they, um, you know, people are very active in, in local government and uh, participate, you know, in town council and, you know, in borough councils and things like that. So, there, you know, I think you see a lot more involvement in the smaller towns than you do maybe in a bigger town like Philadelphia or Allentown or Bethlehem. I see. So, given that you, you were mentioning that you're a constable, from when I think constable, I think in Texas 
they're the people that give out papers to people like evictions <laughs> and stuff. And then you said you're an elect, election constable. Is that how is how does that work in Pennsylvania? What do they mean by constable in your position? That, so it's different. So I'm glad you asked that because it is very different state to state, county to county. In Carbon County, I could, if I wanted to, I could certify as a constable that delivers uh, search warrants and arrests um, and things like that. And I could, you know, carry a gun and, you know, have a special car and do prisoner transport. I could do those things. Um, I work full-time, so I choose not to do those things. Um, okay. The thing you have to do when you're – the only thing you have to do as an elected constable, and the reason I ran, the the wonderful man who was our constable for um, – the constable seat, I think, is six years each. He was the constable for, like, 15 years. I think he was wonderful, but he retired. And so nobody was willing to run for the seat. And then that means the seat gets appointed. And I didn't want it to get appointed. I wanted somebody – so on election day, my job literally is to go and make sure that people behave at the polls. So okay. everybody has everybody has an opportunity to go in, you know, Democrats, Republicans, Socialist Party, whatever. Um, everybody follows the rules about being 10 feet away from the door to hand out their stuff. Um, nobody is looking over the shoulder of anybody. If there's any complaints, I, I handle Palmerton, which is where I'm elected, but I do handle some of the other local ones, too, because they don't have a constable of their own. Oh. Um, and so I do that for both the primary, which I can't vote in because I'm a, as a third party, I can't vote in the primaries, um, but I, I still serve. And then I serve on election day. And it's a little bit more heated. Like, it'll be very heated at the next presidential. Because people get very, very emotional about their candidates. And I think I'm yep. in a perfect position because I'm not a Republican or a Democrat. So sure. I don't have skin in either one of their games. And I know it's very likely that my candidate isn't going to win. So I don't, so I'm there to be, I'm there to make sure that everybody has an opportunity to vote without, um, without persecution, with, um, you know, that everybody has integrity, has, um, you know, integrity in the process. They know they have a person that they can come to, and they, and they have. They've come to me. Uh, voters have come to me if they think that things aren't going right inside. And then people outside have come to me. People inside that are working the polls have contacted me because people were being, you know, disrespectful to them. You know, so it's really just um, helping to make sure that the voting process is positive for everybody and that everybody's following the rules. I see. Yeah, it does sound like you're in a good position since you wouldn't have a bias towards one party or another. Nope. If they had another constable, they would have a bias, and that could make things more challenging. And if somebody was appointed, you never know. Like you would hope that they would appoint somebody who would who would also celebrate that equity, but you never know. And so when nobody ran, I'm like, well, somebody has to run. Somebody has somebody has to be chosen, right? Yeah. Like we that's that that's the way our system works. We have this opportunity to choose people. So I didn't. I, I was a writing campaign because they do make it very difficult for third parties to run for office. They they change the rules, they change the dates, they change the paper it had to be on. So I couldn't get on the ballot. Um, but then, you know, and, and they do really make it hard for third parties. So I just did a writing campaign, and I I wasn't running opposed. So, you know, it, I just needed like two votes. But you know, but people voted, and I was glad that they voted. Um, and I was glad they voted in other part, other towns around here. <laughs> My own, it was very nice that they knew who I was and supported the work I do because I think they know that I'm I'm trying to establish a fair and equitable approach to voting. Yes, yes, that's a victory we need to acknowledge that you won that office as a libertarian. So that's something to celebrate. Absolutely. 
Because there aren't many. I think I'm the only one in Carbon County. And I have no aspirations to go higher than what I am. I'm not uh, I'm not interested in being on borough council. I'm not interested in being on the school board. I'm not interested in, in doing other things. I just I didn't want this seat to go unfilled um, because, you know, it, it, it's, it's nothing during a primary because primaries you vote your party. But when it comes to, like, the presidential, you know, people all over the world, or all over the country, rather, you know, they get very, very passionate about their candidates, yeah. and, and, and that's when bad behavior happens. So, sure. you know, we want to make sure that everybody, if you're going to do a write-in for Daffy Duck, that you have the ability, nobody's harassing you, you're provided the pen, you know, like you want to make sure that everybody has a chance to express their opinion whatever it is, and whether I agree with it or not, you know, um, you know, women fought very hard for the right to vote, and True. it's important that we protect everybody's right to vote, you know. So I'm very, very passionate about it. That's the one thing I retained after all of the, uh, all of the in-training and working with the government, um, you know, just we, we as citizens have to express our right to do it. And, and I love when young people come out to vote. I love when people bring their children I love that people try to help the elderly get to the polls. You know, um, everybody has one voice. You know, they have a chance to have a voice. And people will say that chance is wasted. My brother, my brother's very Republican, and he's always telling me that I throw away my vote by being a third party. I'm like, no, I, I still have a voice. And I know that maybe my candidates are never going to win, but at least I know that I didn't vote for these clowns operating, you know, that I voted for the person I thought was going to do the best job, and that was Joe Jorgensen. So, exactly. Yeah, there's a moral dimension to that people don't recognize. You don't want to contribute to something that's evil, no matter how impractical or unpopular it is. That's right. That's absolutely right. Absolutely right. And I think there's this misperception that um, libertarians are selfish, we're not selfish. You know, we're not, it's not like we're mad. I'm not mad at the Republican Party. I just grew out of, you know, the, I love the parts of the Republican Party that are about um, people keeping their money and people, um, you know, you know, people, you know, sort of the economics of the Republican Party, I, I get right behind. However, you know, I think that, you know, they, they, they want to dictate what happens in people's bedrooms. I don't care what people do in their house. I, as long as it doesn't hurt others, I don't care. You know, I don't want to pay for it, but I don't care. You know, and I think, you know, I don't Makes want sense. to, um, you know, I, I don't think it's our business, um, you know, to mandate all the different things. Like, we, we Republicans will say, well, we want people to have freedom of speech, but then only if it's freedom of speech is in your freedom. And that, that's, not, that's, that's not freedom of speech. That's still censorship, you know. So I, I, outgrew, um, I outgrew those those ideals. And it's not that I'm mad at the Republican Party, and I will vote for Republicans from time to time. I voted for Democrats, too. I'll, I'll vote for the best candidate for the job. Um, but, you know, I think the Libertarian Party, you know, there's, there's different facets of the Libertarian Party. We're all very unique. But, you know, I think, you know, I think if people had more opportunities to use their money the way they wanted to, they would use it for charity. We have this assumption that people wouldn't use it for charity, which is why we tax them so heavily so that we can pay for different programs because we think people won't give, and that's not true. You know, I think um, I, I have a little fund. I play the bagpipes. I have a little fund that every time I play, I put money in. It's supposed to buy me a set of bagpipes that I really, really want. Um, but the, I give away all that money to charity. You know, so, that, oh, so libertarians are not, are not selfish. You know, I volunteer a ton 
I do a lot of different things with the Girl Scouts and the Red Cross. I, I volunteer a lot of my time. So this whole idea that that libertarians are selfish and don't want to give, like that's completely not true. Every libertarian I've met has, you know, volunteered thousands of hours and given tons of money to organizations they support. They want to do it privately, not through the government. Right. That, well, and that we rely on the government to give the money, but the thing is they're taking our tax money, but we can't account for the money. Right? We don't know where the money actually goes because we, what we do know is that the agencies we think are getting the money, they're not getting it. Okay. And so where is it going? Well, then it, then you find out from a whistleblower that it might be going to this alien space program. I mean, somebody's paying for that. You know, that's where our money goes. And, you know, like, you know, maybe that's where our money should go so that we know what's out there. But, like, we just don't know where our money goes. And when it goes into that, that sort of tax basket, who the heck knows where it goes? You know, because you see a lot of agencies that are struggling to survive. And they're supposed to be government funded. And you're thinking, well, I thought my taxes were going to that. I thought that was what was, I thought that's what we were paying for. And to find out that they're underfunded and understaffed and, you know, because they can't provide competitive wages. And, you know, like, where's the money going? <laughs> like, I don't know see, where it's going. You see that as a black hole. Yeah, it's a, it's a big black hole. But if I have my $10, I know where my $10 goes. You know, if okay. I can keep my $10, I know who I can get, I want to give it to. Sure, sure. You know, but if the government has it, you know, who knows where it went, goes to. So in your local area, what issues are you having your party work on focusing on? Well, I think everybody here is looking for some tax relief. Uh, All right. You know, we're, everybody's heavily taxed, so we're definitely working on um, – I think people are very eager for – for tax relief um, in the Republican Party and the Libertarian Party. I think we're very unified in that. And I think um, I think we care very much about the environment because we are we are a farmland that's um, slowly getting uh, slowly getting bought up and like you know, builders need to build, right? So they're taking over farmland to build these structures that don't even have tenants. And then they're putting chemicals into the into the farms and um, you know you know, I think um, I think people here are concerned about um, about building and and having too much um, industrial buildings up here um, taking away farmland. You know, and, and I think that's a big big issue. Um, I think up here in Carbon County, people are very very concerned about the national uh, right to firearms because oh. many many people here are firearms owners including myself. So we're all very, you know, passionate about those rights too. And and I would say less so, but I but I think the Libertarian Party is very, very, very concerned about freedom of speech and expression. Because I think um our culture is shifting in a way that's making it very difficult to discuss issues because we we have weaponized language. And so it's hard to sit down and talk about any kind of issue because, you know, then accusations fly about, you know, being a certain kind of person or being a certain kind of dogma, dogmatic, you know, stance or whatever. So, so I think it makes it, I think it makes it very difficult to have conversations because we've weaponized language. So what activities are you doing to get the word out and to advance your local party? We actually don't do a whole lot. We, we don't do a whole lot because um, 
you know, we let people know we're here. Uh, the people, you know, we're a very small community, mm-hmm. so everybody knows. Like, um, I moved to Palmerton in 2019, and I play the bagpipes. I volunteer for Red Cross. They know I'm a libertarian lady, and I let the through hikers that are hiking the Appalachian Trail stay in my yard, so they know wow. that I'm all those things. So if they have questions about libertarianism, they'll come to me. Um, we don't actively uh, recruit because so many, so many people here are Republican, and sort of. You know, that's, they're, they're very tied to that party. Um, but we let people know there's an option. Um, we have gone to like little fairs and, and things like that to hand out information about, uh, the Libertarian Party. We've asked to be part of, uh, debates. If there, if we have a candidate, um, we've asked to be part of debates. Um, on the local level, they're, they're fine with that and our newspapers cover it. But at the national level, we don't get that same coverage. So it sounds like you're doing more of a pull type of advocacy rather than a push type of advocacy. Right. Yeah, absolutely. 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 Sounds I like think that's um, thing I, to do. Uh, well, I think, you know, maybe one day that might change. Like for now, sure. I think that works just because of the makeup of our county. Um, you know, but I think as more as more industries try to come up and take up over our farmland and um and and our our farmers feel displaced and our you know our workers you know the pandemic hit us really really hard up in carbon county um you know we're a lot of we have a lot of veterans we have a lot of people that um you know that have served this country and are just amazing amazing people i -hmm. think as they they're going to push back on sort of like the, the cities creeping in i think they're going to really push back and i feel like if i could predict the future if i had a crystal ball that's what's coming, having to push away these bigger towns that are running out of room to build stuff. So they're going to try to build up here, you know, and um, and and then we'll become, you know, Allentown North or whatever. I think that's really what's going to happen, and that's really when the Libertarian Party is going to have to really step up, and and really join join forces with the Republican Party to make sure that doesn't happen. All right. So Beth, kindly tell our audience how they can support you and your party. Well, we're on Facebook. <laughs> we're the Carbon County Libertarian Party. We are on Facebook. Um, you can also uh, friend me on uh, Beth Ritter Goose. Um, I'm on, I'm on YouTube. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn. All under my name, uh, Beth Ritter Goose. And um, you can email me at bethrittergoose at gmail dot com. And uh, you know, if you want to learn more about the party, or if you want to get active in the party here, or if you um, you want to chat or anything. Uh, uh, there's, you know, we're we're small but mighty, and uh, we're excited to at least have a voice here, and that and people are very receptive and kind about um, our message. All right, that sounds good. All right, well, thank you so much for having me, Andrew. I really appreciate it. We're glad to have you, and we wish you all the best in your activities, and we hope your party you. keeps doing great things. Great, thank you so much. Take care. Uh, you too. Bye now. Bye bye.